It's your boy again, Dr. Sean Thomas here, and welcome to episode 16 of the Be More Today show. I can't believe it. We are still rocking out. We're going strong. Uh, We have followers who follow our shows every single week, and it's just so awesome that people are liking this show and and listening to the stories that we're giving every single week. I really appreciate it. My co-host today is none other than the music producer for Be More Today, my man, the man who has the master plan, Terrence Farrell. What's going on, Terrence? What's going on, man? That almost sounded like I was we back in the 80s. The man hey. with the master plan. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, man. How was your week? How you feeling? Uh feeling good, man. Fe- feeling all right. You know, week weeks are always they're just different, man. They're yeah. just different. I gotta every say, week every week is different. Yeah, exactly. But every week kind of also feels kind of the same. So yeah. <laughs> it's it's a strange thing, but um we're here in the studio and we're doing our thing, and I'm glad you're here with us again. Um my quotation for today is no different than every single week. It's from George Bernard Shaw, and it says progress is impossible without change and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything terrence as we've been doing this show every single week it's hard to keep up with the news man because every week something is different uh from protests happening around the world to um all of the different uh things that are happening with police and communities it's just hard to keep up um and you know you and i did a, a a video this week um posting about I am not a threat um, about being a black man and what that meant for us. Um, for those who don't know, there was a, a chain that was going around about a uh, email chain that was given primarily to people of color um, on social media um, saying that we are uh, proud people of color, you know, highlighting what we can do, um, black men, black women, etc. And everyone, a lot of people did them on social media and they got a lot of praise, a lot of accolades, a lot of likes. Um, and you and I did a, a, a video with our guest for today, who I'm going to introduce in a little bit, um, about I am a black man. And I don't know about you, Terrence, but it was really, um, it was really nice just being honest in a way that wasn't judged. It wasn't scripted, at least for me. Um, and I had a chance to really share some of the things that I don't think people who are not people of color and particularly for our situation, for our video, men of color have to go through. Um, literally, I can go to Target and I can be wearing either my Jag One physical therapy t-shirt or I can be wearing a Best Buy outfit and someone will always ask me if I work there. It is without uh, fail. It, it will constantly happen. And, you know, sometimes it, it happens and it's by mistake, but usually it's because I'm a black guy in a store and I, I'm shopping like everybody else, but for whatever reason, you know, it's usually people who are not our complexion who ask me that. And for years, it's always bothered me. And that's just one of the things that, you know, being someone of color in America kind of um, we have to just deal with and, and get through. I mean, all the other things that have been happening in the news have been insane, of course, from the the shootings and and just people being at home doing nothing, being shot and people uh, doing the right thing in terms of protesting, still being attacked. But, you know, on a regular basis, if you're not one of those people who's been on the news or it's unfortunately not with us anymore, 
there are still challenges being a person of color in this country. And it was just nice to have a second to just share for a minute, you know, what it's like to be a black man and what that symbolizes and, and what that experience is. And, you know, I, you and I shared different videos clearly, but I wanted to get your perspective on how you felt about your video and, and why you did it. Um, the, the, the video, it actually came at a time where there was a, there was a passion for change. Um, and it's interesting, the quote that you, that, that you selected for today, because it was a change in perspective or a change in mindset of instead of, because I, I was always, I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to do this, make sure me and my family. And it was a shift to I need to include everybody. I need to get information so that I can share information. And mine was more about um, making sure everybody understood the power of voting. I mean, we, we, we vaguely understand it, but we don't dig deep into it. And so um, getting a mindset change allows you to now shift from what you was always doing to doing something more. I don't mean to, you know, drum home the be more thing, but it's just... And it was just, it was very inspiring. And I got to say, I was, I was glad to be asked, but when I started watching the other videos, it really inspired me. It made me even more proud. It just, it, it reminded me of the diversity and the, the professionals that we have as black people, you know, yeah. black people that, that are professionals. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Right? And I agree with you with the change. I mean, I think, for both of our videos, you know, putting it out there does change the mindset of others, hopefully when they see it. Yeah. And I, I think the, the the point of everyone doing social media posts on, you know, African-American or black hair and music and whatever else, just to kind of change the change the narrative, change the concept, change the the perception of what people think and just get a conversation going. Um, my, my wife and I brought a book about racism. It's like a kid's book for racism. Um, about how kids learn about racism and and you know everyone's talking to their kids now I think because they have to because uh, you can't escape this what's happening in, in the news and the media but like you said just progress is impossible what changing people's minds is going to be the, the, the main way to do it and whether it's through mediums like social media or film or what have you I think it's a great great start to to initiate change yeah I agree our guest for today is uh, someone who was actually a guest on episode 11. We did a community over competition segment. We brought her on and she asked questions to one of our filmmakers. And we're pleased to have her with us in the building today. Her name is Vanessa Blake. And Vanessa Blake is a filmmaker and a visual artist. Vanessa has been capturing still images of all kinds since 2013. In 2017, Vanessa was awarded a video residency at Express Newark in Newark, New Jersey. That residency afforded Vanessa the opportunity to connect with other like-minded creatives. In 2018, Vanessa wrote and produced her first stage play, The Race Before, a story of liberty and justice for some. In 2019, she also wrote, directed, and produced her first short film, In My Solitude. In My Solitude is currently in the editing phase and is scheduled to be released later this year. Also in 2019, the feature-length documentary, Being Gladys, which Vanessa worked on in several capacities, won Best Documentary at the New York International Film Festival. Vanessa is currently in the beginning stages of her first film project, The Waiting Room. She's also scheduled to work on two documentaries in 2020, Gone Too Soon and The Story of Dr. John A. Keeney. 
Vanessa is a proud member, board member of Women in Media Newark, a lifelong Knicks fan, go Knicks, and a Brooklyn, Queens native. Vanessa currently resides in Newark and New Jersey with her husband, Corey Blake. Shout out to Corey Blake. Vanessa, welcome, 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 and welcome to the Be More Today show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. And thank you for getting that Knicks fan in there. <laughs> I need to know how loyal I am. <laughs> it's good to be loyal. That's right. <laughs> Thanks Vanessa, for having me. No problem at all. You know, you were a guest on our community, actually the first guest on our community over competition segment. And it was a joy having you on the show then. And, you know, Terrence and I spoke and we said we have to have her back on the show to, to highlight her and, and the work that she's been doing. And to be honest, you know, Terrence and I know you in different capacities, but you've been so uh, instrumental in terms of branding uh, Be More Today for us in, in other capacities, from helping us with videos, helping us with um, our, our promotions, and even doing shirts for us and branding, you know, my style is more shirts. We'll talk about that a little later, but you've just been really, really amazing using your skills uh, photography and others to help us move be more today forward so we're really happy to have you on the show today Thank yes you. indeed so first thing is first be as always we check in with everybody and see how they're doing because every day is insane so where are you right now how's it going for you and how you're holding up i'm actually doing pretty well um a friend of mine checked in with me today we check in about every two weeks um, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I would say the first couple of weeks of COVID was probably a disaster for me. I think I was depressed for like three weeks. Just the idea of not being able to go out, um, not being able to visit my parents. Um, it was really, really tough for me, but I worked through it. I still have up and down days, but for the most part, I'm doing okay. Awesome. That's awesome. That's great. So, we want to just kind of go through your, your history because your, your story is incredible. And I know you've been doing photography. And when I met you, um, I knew you as a person behind the scenes, behind the camera. Um, but I didn't know you were doing photography since 2013. So How did you get into filmmaking? When did that start? <sighs> Everything started at Kingsboro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to give that church a tremendous amount of credit. Uh, my husband and I looked for a church for about three years and then finally settled on Kingsboro. And when we did, um, one, there were two things that drew me in. One was Terrence on the drums, his energy. And the other thing was the audiovisual ministry. I had never seen that before. I had never been exposed to it before, but there was something about it that drew me in. So I joined the audio side and I joined the video side. Um, and I did that for... Gosh, I don't know. I was in that department probably like 15 years. Um, and at some point, Monique Anderson was in charge of the AV ministry or either the video side of the ministry. And she decided to do this documentary for, I believe, the 15th anniversary. Um, and once we started working on that, um, it just sparked something in me. Um, and I tried to do a short film before, but I just wasn't ready. I made so many mistakes and, you know, I wasn't ready. So I backed off for, uh, I probably took a seven or eight year um, pause and then started doing uh, still photography. That's incredible. I, um, 
you know, I was also drawn to KBT with watching Terrence on the drums. Oh, wow. um, I think that's kind of how we uh, connected, you know, because I, I, I dance, so I'm, I'm always listening to beats and seeing him on the drums. We connected in that realm and then hearing his Words for Life projects. And I think that also drew me into him. But yeah, Kingsborough is a special place, especially when it comes to music and, um, you know, watching you orchestrate. And I use that word orchestrate in all sense of the word. Watching you orchestrate the AV ministry when you were on was like watching a performance. I mean, it was, it's incredible. It was incredible to see you literally just take a service and, and, and make it magical um, for people who are watching, you know, at home. Um, and then when you're watching at home, it just seems like you're actually there because you, you just made it so, so awesome. Um, so I appreciate that ministry, of course, for you. And, you know, I, I know that you've done a number of things with this company called Summer Shower Productions. What is that? And where did the name come from? So Summer Shower Productions is my production company. Um, I launched it in 2007. Um, actually, I launched uh, I launched V Blake Consulting Group in 2007. Oh. Um, I lost my job unexpectedly. And, you know, I had to make a decision. I hated the job for the last 10 years. Um, and I was just doing enough to get by. Um, and I was afraid to leave. And I believe that God was like, all right, you don't want to leave. I'm going to put you out. So I lost the job unexpectedly. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I sort of just took different classes. I collected unemployment. And during that time, I don't know what, I can't remember why, but I was able to collect unemployment for like three years. And I just collected unemployment and I took different classes to try to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, what direction I wanted to go into. And I remember distinctly one day I went to a career fair and I walked in and I looked around for a little while and I was like, "Mm -mm, I don't want to do this anymore. And I left. And it was that particular day that I decided that I was going to start my own company. It's named V Blake Consulting because I couldn't come up with anything else because I didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah, And um, I started out doing administrative work from, for people, and then it just grew from there. So um, I go by the name of Summer Shower Productions as a production company, and I haven't changed the name officially yet. I'm contemplating it. I probably will at some point. And the name actually came from, as a child, uh, when we would go on field trips, I just loved the way the, the air smelled after a summer shower. And I remember that. I remember my sandwich in the foil smashed up real good. <laughs> and I just remember the air. There was just something about the way that it smelled after a summer rain. And that's where the name came from. That's incredible. I mean, kudos to you for, we've had a number of people on the show who change careers, but kudos to you for knowing that you didn't want to do something and having the, the faith to not settle while you waited for what you were trying to figure out what to do. I think a lot of people take it as failure when they're, they're trying to figure out their next step. And uh, a lot of people don't get to the next step because they're so ca- caught up in terms of like looking at where they should have been and what have you, but you use that momentum to push yourself forward. And that is commendable. 
Um, and luckily you did so many things that you wrote and produced the race before, which again is a story of liberty and justice for some. And I was happy to be a part of that. I was a part of that, that production, um, as a dancer and, uh, kind of an actor in that as well. And it was awesome. Cause I, I love those things. That's mm-hmm. just black history month. I love them in mm-hmm. general because using the arts to put out social content, uh, concepts that we can't easily express in words is always more powerful to me. And what was the inspiration for you behind that project? Well, um, I think for a number of years, um, it, it was something that I had wanted to do, but didn't know that I, I didn't believe that I had the ability or the talent to do something like that. So I actually didn't, um, I ran from it for about three years because I actually had the idea three years prior And then my dad fell and was paralyzed. And what that did for me was it really brought home to me the idea that from from one moment to the next, our lives can change and we don't have time to waste. So from that moment on, I was like, all of these things that I want to do, I need to just do them. So... I decided that I would just, you know, I went back and forth. I didn't think I could do it. Um, I didn't know if I had the time, you know, because it was uh, probably a few months after my dad had fallen and he was in rehab. He was in the hospital. We had a lot of problems with him in the hospital, you know, near death experiences and so many, you know, surgeries that he had to have. So many things people don't even know happened with my dad. So I didn't think that. I would have the time to pull this off, to pull it together, but it gave me something else to do, right? Something else to think about also. So it saved me in a way. Um, And I sort of think abstractly. So that's, um, I guess the play was kind of an abstract thought. I knew that we didn't have enough time to go to delve deep into a topic. So I wanted it to be sort of this broad overview and abstract um, presentation. And I think, you know, with the team that we had, I think that we pulled it off. I think it was pretty successful. It was more than successful. It was fantastic. Uh, The feedback that I heard from people was that, you know, they love seeing these things brought to life. And again, in particular in church settings, we're not always as quick to express how we feel about social issues, about injustice, especially if it is somewhat controversial. And not saying that your film is controversial at all, but it definitely brought up a lot of controversial topics that were expressed in a way that was easily digestible. And um, that's why I love the arts, because you can put things out there and people can just look at it and say, you know what? that's powerful. And no one goes home, you know, feeling a certain way because it is what it is. It's, it's, it's empowering. It's inspirational. Um, but, but again, if I can, it's the church again though, right? Right. It's the church that gave me the opportunity to present this no cost. Yeah. Right. And you know, it gives you the opportunity to sort of present these things and then learn from them and grow. Yeah. So, you know, it's wonderful to be a part of a church that fosters that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. Now, you had a, um, a segment of the um, 
program that was all men. It was all black men walking. Uh, there was a one one uh, spotlight in the background. Mm-hmm. It was a song that was playing, or someone was speaking, mm-hmm. and there were black men walking through. And there was a, someone who was talking about being a black man, how they walk, how they talk. Um, I want you to talk about that for a minute or so, and then go into what sparked the I'm am not a threat series for you. Cause Terrence and I were a part of that. And I just want people to know what sparked that uh, social media um, trend for you. Okay, sure. So Siobhan Sutton sent me that video. Um, and when I watched the video of the poet and I think the title of the video is um, I don't remember the title actually. I, but it's some, it, it refers to, have you ever seen a black man walk? Right. Um, and it, it's, it's really talking about the pressures that a black man faces in society. Um, and, and I have always been about the black man, like to the point where if I was going to get married, it would be a black man or would not get married. So I've always held up the black man. I'm not one of those women who generalizes about black men. Each man, each black man for me is an individual. It's not a generalization. And any woman that I see talking about black men, you know, in a negative light as a general generalization on social media, I'm going right at them because I think that the black man has enough pressure on them to not have us support them. Now that's not to say that there aren't you know, black men who do things that warrant us, you know, to disregard them. But generally, I like me personally, I don't know too many whack black dudes. <laughs> I don't. I just know really good people. So that's not my experience. So I don't want to generalize, you know, black men. You guys have a lot of pressure on you. So I wanted to highlight that in in the play. Um, and that's always been a soft spot for me. So when I saw the Black Man Challenge going around on social media, immediately I thought, this is good, but what if we could hear from them directly? What if we could hear what they feel? What if we can experience through video, through their words, what they go through and the pressures that they face? Um, So that's where really the I am not a threat came from. It's, you know, sort of an, an addendum to the, I am, what is it? I am a black man challenge. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. I'm a black man challenge. It's sort of an addendum to that. Um, I, because I don't want anyone speaking for black men. Black men can speak for themselves. I think there are too many narratives out there that you as individuals have not put out there and that people sort of suck up. So that's really what sparked it. And I mean, it was like, 1130 at night, I hit up Sean, Terrence, and my cousin. And I was like, hey, I want to do this thing. Can you get this video to me? I didn't know at that point what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to do something. And I went at it right away because if I didn't go at it right away, I would have talked myself out of it. And now it's just one of the things that I look most forward to. I have videos coming in you know, consistently. Mm. Um, And it's one of the things that I look most forward to. The first week we launched, which was last week, we put a video out every day, but that proved to be too much. (laughs) 
So now we're only going to put videos out Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. When I say we, I say we because Keisha Edwards is helping me also. She's helping recruit people. She's reviewing videos for me. So um, I just really wanted you guys to have your own platform and your own voice. And I wanted to flood the internet as much as I could possibly do with these powerful messages mm. from black men. Yeah. Uh, I, I commend you for that. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see it being shared uh, across various platforms. Um, and, you know, once it's on someone else's page, literally people, other people are sharing it and it just sparks conversation. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great thing you're doing. I'm really impressed by you always, but I think you've, you've got something that's really, really cool here. And I, I just hope that it, it continues to push forward and, and kudos for thinking about the idea. Well done. Um, back to your accolades. I know that you um, have a documentary that's being called Being Gladys, right? Can you describe to the audience um, what that was about? I know you won an award for it in 2019 at the New York International Film Festival. What was Being Gladys about? So Gladys Grower was um, a very influential artist in Newark. Um, in 1972, she opened a studio gallery in, in Newark, and her gallery actually helped to launch the careers of other black and brown artists in Newark. She was actually considered the mother of arts in Newark, and I don't know if a lot of people know Newark is like, it is a city of the arts. It is a happening place, and I don't know that a lot of people know that. You can't talk about Newark without including her. Um, so she passed away in 2019 at 96, but she never stopped creating. It was in her blood. It was what she did. So this documentary just wanted to um, capture her life, basically, her, her life as an artist. And she was also very politically involved as well. Nice, nice. Now, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with you. Uh, in the in the audiovisual room, um, so I, I know about all the planning and the the prep stuff, and um, it's 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 been a pleasure to 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 work with you to watch the way you do things and the way you command control. And um, one of the things that always struck me about you is your desire for excellence. You know, there's there's no don't don't. Don't come half stepping. Don't don't come being bringing your mediocre game. Um, if you can't do it, you can't do it. But if you can do better, and I always admire that about you. Always admire that about you. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was um, you've got two documentaries coming out: "Gone Too Soon" and the story of John Kenny. Um, mm -hmm. How do you decide what documentaries or what stories to follow? Actually, those two stories found me. Wow. Um, gone too soon. Um, there's a woman that I know who is the executive producer of that documentary. Um, and she actually came to me and wanted me to work as a co-DP on the project. So director of photography is someone who's in charge of the camera and the lighting, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's an independent film. So I'm basically in charge of the camera and lighting. I'm not, a, I don't have a team. Um, so that documentary is about, um, Newark residents, different Newark residents who um, provided different gifts to Newark um, with their talents, but died, you know, suddenly. Mm. So hence the title Gone Too Soon. Mm -hmm. So that documentary actually found me. The second one, um, Dr. Kinney, um, Dr. Kinney, he, 
He's interesting. He was a son recently freed, a son of some recently freed slaves, and he became a doctor. Uh, the person he was a personal physician for George Washington Carver and Booker T. Washington at the at the Tuskegee Institute. Dr. Kenny founded the first full service hospital for African Americans at Tuskegee, and then from there he opened the first black, well, African American. Um, hospital in Newark in the third ward. So the building that the hospital was housed in is now a church. That church is now honoring Dr. Kinney by creating a museum. So within the museum, one of the things they want to do is have a retrospective video created about his life. Mm -hmm. So I'm tasked with producing that video. So that's something else that found me. And that found me through um, women in media, my association with women in media. Mm -hmm. Now, I was going to ask you about that next, because um, a lot of times entrepreneurs or even people looking to take whatever they do to the next level, they talk about your surroundings or, or who it is that you that you um, learn with or associate with. Um, talk to me about the benefits or uh, what being a part of women in media, how that enhanced your passion? So how I found out about women in media in Newark is um, I answered this event right once, once to join this filmmakers lab, mm -hmm. just a random thing. I'm just trying to put myself out more, trying to connect more with people. So I went to, um, I went to the New Jersey filmmakers lab and initially I was, um, shocked when I walked in the room because it was a room full of all these older people. And I was like, Oh man, I don't know if this is the right place for me, but I was like, I'm here. Let's just sit down and see what's going on. So it turns out that there were many people in that room who were quite accomplished, like Emmy winning people wow. people who worked for NBC for like 30 years, 30 plus years. And the person who was in charge of that meeting is a woman named Pamela Morgan who is in charge of women who started women in media in Newark. Mm -hmm. So through Pam, I've made, um, a, she's sort of a mentor to me. She doesn't know it, but she is. <laughs> She'll know it. Now. And, right. <laughs> and through Pam, I've made a lot of connections and I've talked to a lot of people. And if there's anyone who actually wants something done, Video wise or photography wise, she almost always recommends me. That's how I got. I do a lot of work with the Newark Museum. I do a lot of still photography for them, but I started with a video project for them. And once I did the video project, um, I pitched myself actually to do still photography for their Black Film Festival. Um, and then I've been working with them for about a year, a year and a half. But Pamela Morgan is the one who has um, sort of recommended me for lots of things. Like she never forgets me. Um, and I'm very grateful to have her in my life. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things um, that just came to mind when you said that is with a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the, in the film or the arts, when we start to see these opportunities, is the, are these things something you charge for or do you take it as I'm going to get my foot in the door by doing these things? Or how, how do you, how do you work through that? So I went through a number of years where I did things for free. 
or for very little money. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, skill wise, I'm a little bit beyond that right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's not to say that I won't do something to help somebody out. Right. Cause I'm all about community. Right. So I'm always going to, um, offer myself to help people out. But for the most part, um, I'm not doing these things that you see. These are professional level, um, types of projects. I'm not doing these for free, um, anymore. I mean, I have a mortgage to pay. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Right, right, right. <laughs> now, do you feel um that there's an equal opportunity being a African American female in the in the in the industry cuz you know, we we understand it to be Caucasian male dominated. You know, it isn't just Caucasian male dominated. You know, it is Caucasian male dominated, but some of the circles that I'm in are um, a lot of African-Americans and it's male dominated. Mm. So that's still an issue for us as women. Like we have to prove ourselves and we don't necessarily um, push ourselves the way that men do. Right. Men will say, you know, receive an offer. Can you do this? And they'll say yes. And they'll walk away and figure it out. Right. We don't necessarily do that as women. We'll say, no, I don't know how to do that, but I can refer you to someone else, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that anymore. I just recently did that. Someone offered me something and I knew about a little bit about how to do it, but I said, sure, I can do that for you. And then I did some deep dive research, right? Right. So it is still sort of um, an arena where women really have to prove themselves. And that's always been hard for me because I am a behind the scenes kind of person. Um, So now having to sort of promote myself, promote what I do, push myself is very difficult, but it's what I have to do. Um, So I'm doing that now. Okay. Very, very, very good information. Very good information. Now you also launched Embelly Life. Mm -hmm. Um, What was the inspiration behind that? So this is a story. <laughs> uh-huh, come on. I actually wanted to launch a single t-shirt. There's a poem that Nikki Giovanni talks about how um, basically the poem is about how no matter what we get as Black people, what's left for us, scraps, it doesn't matter, scraps, pieces of material, the worst, you know, part of the pig, whatever it is that was left for us, we always found a way to make it into something. Mm -hmm. So, and one of the things that I love about black people is it doesn't matter sort of your socioeconomic status, you know, fashion is something that you can put together creatively, no matter with what you have. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the idea of your style being your currency is what I thought about. Mm-hmm. So the t-shirt that I actually wanted to do was my style is my currency. But then I met with Arthur, Arthur Powell, <laughs> love that dude. And we started brainstorming ideas and it just turned into this thing. My style is, my style is what? My style is Brooklyn. My style is Newark. My style is dope. You know, it turned into this apparel line. And um, it got to be a little bit much for me. 
Really? Yeah. It, there, it takes, first of all, I'm a woman who doesn't even like to shop. So I don't know what I'm doing with an apparel line. <laughs> so it, it requires so much work, constant marketing, constantly looking at new lines, new product lines, right? So if you get something out in the fall, now it's time to think about winter. Or, you know, in winter, it's time to think about spring. So there's just no time off for this. Um, and it really took a, it took up a lot of time. Um, right now in the process, I'm contemplating if I'm going to continue with it um, because it just requires so much time and so much attention. When the holidays came, I marketed like gangbusters. When Christmas, when the 26th of December happened, mm-hmm. I stopped everything completely. No marketing. I needed a break, no marketing, nothing. And I didn't even think about um, the company. I didn't even think about Embele until probably middle of January. Like I didn't give it a single thought. And then when COVID hit, everyone who is in the apparel business began creating things, right? Mm-hmm. Not me. <laughs> I said, this is my mindset. I said, well, I don't think people should be spending money right now. So Mm -hmm. I don't feel right about promoting something and asking people to buy it. It was in that moment that I knew I was not a salesperson. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I have some decisions to make. If I'm going to continue this, if I am, how will I continue it? Will I just do seasonal stuff? Um, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but um, it's something that I'm contemplating and something that I'm praying about. It isn't anything that I regret. I've learned so many lessons about myself. I've grown so much um, by doing this. So we'll see. It's so it just means like I got to get my, my other shirts now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, I won't just shut it down. What I'll do is, um, you know, if I'm going to shut it down, which I'm not sure of yet, I will definitely uh, let people know before I do. All right. But yeah, that's kind of up in the air. Wow. First of all, shout out to Jamrock. Jamrock, uh, a.k.a. Arthur Powell. He is a man of many talents. Yeah. I know he helped you out with Embelly Life. He also made our Be More Today logos and, and has just been instrumental in helping us all progress. And probably one of the, the nicest, most humble guys, yeah. most talented guys you're going to find out there in the world. So shout out to him. Um, the Embelly Life thing had hits me, Vanessa, because I, I mean, you, we've used the My Style is More um, and the My Style is Be More today about um, as, a, as a way to get our name out there for the last you know, two years. And it's really been uh, 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 a staple in terms of how we branded ourselves. We also understand the time and effort it takes to put out a clothing line. Right. Terrence and I are not <laughs> that line of work as well. We have our own jobs. We're not, you know, right. we all don't shop like that. So when we started doing our own Be More Today uh, uh, line, if you will, um, we had an online store and, and, and it didn't really pop off, you know, besides us and our wives we're rocking a lot of this stuff. It's a lot of work. And that's just on the simple advertising for one shirt. So I can't imagine what it would have been like for you advertising 
multiple shirts and sweatshirts and t-shirts and different designs and yeah that's that's a lot that's a lot but i i do hope that whatever you decide to do um that is what you want to do but i i i will say that people do like it um it's something that a number of uh even my family and family members they they have a lot of your 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 clothing so they really appreciate the concept and they are are fans of embelly life if you will so thank you keep us posted Last question before the break. There's one more film project in my solitude. And um, I think about Louis Armstrong off the bat because that's his song that Mm -hmm. I always hear him singing in my mind. One of the best, I think I've, you know, he's not the singer, but he does sing that song. What is that film project about? So this film is about the day in a life of a young black entrepreneur. You know, he's struggling with some emptiness um, he can't seem to fill it, and it all comes to head in one day. So that's what the film is about. We're just going to watch this guy go through this day um, with all these struggles and him trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. Mm. Um, that film is something that came to me, uh, the idea for it came to me, and I probably wrote the baseline of the script in like 20 minutes. Mm. That means nothing. I wrote the baseline. I sent it to someone that I trust. She read it, gave me notes. 16 variations later. Wow. Right. I had what I thought was a good enough script to work with. So, and the reason that I did this short film is that I've tried for a number of years to connect with other um, creatives. to try to get on other projects. And it just never worked out for me. Um, So at some point I decided I had to make my own way. I'm not a natural writer, but I sat down and I just wrote this thing over and over and over and over again until I got something. Um, I want to direct. That's really what I, what my desire is, but you know, I didn't have any experience either. So who's going to give me a directing job, right? So I went to, I attended this PA bootcamp, which is a production assistant bootcamp, because it's a way that you could get on sets. So I went to this bootcamp, and by the end of the bootcamp, I was like, nah, that's not for me either. You know, you really are just sort of standing around all day. You don't know where you're going to be. You don't know what you're going to get exposed to. I just didn't, I just don't, I'm at a different stage in my life. You know, if I were like 20 years old, then maybe. But, um, you know, I'm beyond that. So I figured I have to make my own way. So I wrote this script. Um, I started talking to people. Um, I put a team together. And we shot it in a day and a half. And it was uh, crazy. (laughs) It was crazy. There are so many. um, I learned so many lessons. So many lessons. Um, But I have a film. You know, I'm editing the film myself. Um, You know, I don't, it's not going to win an Oscar or an award or anything, but it is like the stepping stone, right? For me to move forward to the next project and the next project to get better. So I'm actually, I wasn't sure when I walked away if I had anything, but as I begin editing and putting this story together, I have something, you know? You know, like I said, it's not going to win any awards, but I have something. But I went through the entire process. I went through, 
you know, casting, uh, you know, training. I was training people <laughs> as well. Um, someone who wanted to learn how to do sound. I was training him how to do sound. And then turns out he didn't even make it because he was sick. So, you know, lots of things happened. Um, we found a beautiful location. Um, it was an Airbnb owned by a black couple and they gave us a great rate. So we spent a day and a half there. The biggest lesson I think I learned is that I needed more time. So I did it in a day and a half. I probably needed three days, especially for my first film. I did it in a day and a half. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and I think really what I was thinking is that I'm very organized. So I was thinking if I could just stick to the structure, right, <laughs> we could get this done. But I didn't allow time for incidentals, right? For people being late or maybe this camera lens isn't going on right and that's taking time. Maybe something's happening with the recorder. You know, all these things. I didn't allow um, time for that. But um, I learned a lot of lessons and I'm really excited to, you know, go forward with some other things. And I also fundraise, which... You know, that's another thing. Me asking people to donate to this short film was very difficult for me because what I'm actually asking people to do, because it's my first short film, is make an investment in me, not the film, right? Because these people know that I don't have any experience. So that is hard for me because I'm not sure what people think of me necessarily, if people would think that I'm ready, like that, I, that they want to give up their hard earned money, you know, to me to just try. Right. Mm -hmm. So my parents worked forever in regular jobs. My dad was a corrections officer. My mom was a nurse's aide at, she worked at this place for like 40 years. So they had these regular type of jobs. So they don't necessarily understand me and what I do and how I do it. But um, I, I mentioned to my mom that I was doing the short film and I was like, hey, um, I need to, you know, I'm gonna raise some money. Maybe you could ask people in your church for like $20 here and there. She was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. So then like two days later, she calls me and she says, so your dad and I were talking and we wanna donate. And I was like, no, you don't have to do that. That's, it's my parents, I should have just, but it was difficult. No, you don't have to do that. No, we want to donate. We're going to give you $1,000. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Are you serious? You guys have no idea how much that touched me. Mm. That people who don't even understand what you're doing, mm. but love you so much mm -hmm. that they would still make this investment in you. Mm. And my dad, to this day, every week, he's asking me about this film. Mm. So what are you doing? How's it coming along? So what happens when it's done? And I'm like, you know, I'm going to show it, but that's it. You know, it's the first time, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. And he was like, oh, okay, I understand that. I understand that. So that was major for me to know that my parents, you know, they've always supported me, but this was different, right? I'm actually showing them who I am, right? Mm -hmm. Bearing myself to them. Yeah. And they were just in. So that was amazing. Wow. Is there a date that the film is set to debut? No. Mm -mm. Okay. The editing editing is 
it's a process. It is a process. Um, so one of the one of the mistakes I'll share one of the mistakes that we made was I thought that I was totally organized in that every time I shot a scene, excuse me, I would dump the footage in a scene folder, right? So now I know that this footage and this audio belongs to this scene. But the person who was capturing the audio for me, instead of when I said cut, instead of cutting, the person hit another button, which was a marker. Uh So now instead of me having individual audio files to line up, I had one long file files that were like 18 minutes, 20 minutes. So I'm literally sitting, listening to and trying to match up the audio with the video. So it's a lesson, right? Mm -hmm. Now I know. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's such a process. Um, I'm hoping that, what is, is it June? I'm hoping that by the end of July that I can have it um, cut by then, but then I'm probably going to ship it to somebody to clean up the audio for me. Got it. Yeah. Well, I just want to share, you know, we, I, I supported um, and it wasn't even a thought. And I'm actually, again, my wife and I were mad that you didn't even tell us about it. I had to put it online. (laughs) But um, yeah. we supported, and it, it has nothing to do with not knowing what you were gonna do when you're when you're someone like you, Vanessa, who is constantly giving and constantly, uh, like Terrence shit earlier, constantly setting the standard and doing your job or even your your task with like such professionalism and such execution. Um, whenever you said you're gonna do something whether someone knows you or not, they know it's going to be something that's going to be amazing. And I, I don't think that it was ever uh, going to be a question that people were going to support you and what you're going to, going to be doing. Um, so I'm excited for the project when it comes out. We're looking forward to it clearly. And that same competitiveness that, that Terrence and I've seen, I, I play volleyball with you. I've seen you get down. Uh, <laughs> I know you don't play around. So oh I know you're competitive. And, <laughs> and that same drive is, is, is what yeah. I think pushes you when it comes to the filmmaking stuff. Right. So right. You're, you're going to get it done. It's going to be amazing. And we're really looking forward to it. So Thank you. Yeah. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we're right back with more on the Be More Today show after these messages. What's going on, people? We're still in the building. Episode 16 of the Be More Today show. We're here with Vanessa Blake, filmmaker, visual artist, and founder of Summer Shower Productions, avid Nick fan. She's here with us right now today in the studio. And before we ask that be more today question, Vanessa, I have a quick Knicks question or basketball question for you. Sure. Is there going to be a season? Is there going to be a 2020 season, given all that's happening? No. Kyrie Irving saying this and LeBron <laughs> wanting to play and Mickey Mouse saying you can come play in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a 2020 season? Yeah. 30 seconds, yes or no? Yes, there'll be a season because the NBA needs the money to pay the players and to pay their staff. They need to have at least 72 games played to get that TV money. So there will be a season. Kyrie is not playing anyway, so go sit down somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> I want to put that out there because I agree with you. And I think that he's taking, you know, their whole argument for talking about they're going to be um, uh, taking away from the Black Lives Matter movement and what have you. The NBA has been using their platform, especially the players now, to uplift communities for the, the last couple of years. So if anything, it would help, not hurt. 
Um, so we'll, well see. We'll I don't see. know. I mean, I would say that I think that it's commendable that we have NBA players who understand the moment that we're in. This is a big moment that we're in. So I would say that it, that it is at least commendable. But yeah, I do believe that the NBA could probably do more good once the season starts. Right. Um, you know, than if we don't have a season. So Okay. Just wanted to share that. I know you're a Nick fan, so we had to talk about basketball just for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you you've been instrumental in terms of uh our Be More Today branding and in particular for our clothing line that we have with you, uh, connected with you in my book, you literally, and just a quick story, you came to my house and shot a video uh, free for a promo video for the book before the book came out and when the book actually did come out. And it was raining on one of the days. And we were outside outside of my house or my, my house in Brooklyn. And you had all your stuff out there on the street it was raining. It was like about to be pouring rain. And you were, you were more dedicated to getting the shot in than I was. Um, and I just, I just want to say thank you for, um, you know, everyone has talents and everyone has skills, but I just want to say thank you for using your talent and putting it out there no matter what. Um, Cause the like, same way you put your film out there. I wrote a book. You didn't read the book. You hadn't read the book yet. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't. You know, it was I wrote a book. You didn't know what the book was going to be about, really. I mean, I told you about it, but you didn't like really, really know. But you were just when I put the the pre order thing out there, you were one of the first people to say, "When's it coming out? What's going on? You know, what's our timeline like?" And the same people who supported your film, that same tenacity to say, "You know what? I'm going to push you and and get you there," is I think why I know what you did for me. So I just want to say thank you for that because mm-hmm. having that kind of push and that kind of drive and that kind of faith in someone and using your talent to help someone get to a higher level is not often found. And it's just on my end and on Terrence's end for Be More Today, much appreciated. You're welcome. But isn't that what it's all about? Community? Right? Yeah. Us yeah. uplifting each other? It right? is. Absolutely. It really this is. is what we're supposed to be doing. So Absolutely. it is my pleasure to help wherever I can. Yeah. Much appreciated. So with that being said, as you are one of the biggest promoters and supporters of Be More Today, what does the phrase Be More Today mean to you? So um, I actually live my life um, not wanting to have regrets and wanting to always be better uh, the next day, the next day, and the next day. Um, And belly means um, forward. So I wanted to always, in Swahili, it means forward. And that's why I chose that name, because I want to always be moving forward in my life. So I need to be more today and the next day than I was yesterday. So, Boom. Boom. What advice do you wish someone had shared with you when you were 18 years old? I actually wish someone had told me to take chances when I was 18. So, like I said, I came from a very traditional home. Um, I have a very close-knit family. My aunts, uncles, cousins, all of them have traditional jobs. And I was always the outlier. Um, I always knew something was different about me. I didn't know what that thing was. It took, uh, you know, quite a number of years for it to surface as creativity. Um, So I do wish someone had told me to take more chances um, when I was 18. Just do it. 
it doesn't matter that your mom or dad or sister don't understand it. It's resonating with you. So try it. Just do it and see where you go go from there. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. Um one and I just wanna I just wanna um I guess for 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 lack of a better term, love on you a little bit more. Um, one, of the, one of the things that, and you're probably understanding this more and more, um, people are supporting you because it's you, because of the way you do things. It's, it might not necessarily be the film and how the film is going to come out. They're um, supporting your, um, your commitment to excellence and how you do have the community mindset. I remember back Levite Music, um, I, where I used VB Consulting to put together a business plan. Yeah. And, and you were there and you were just like, you came to my house. It's like, okay, this and that, and then I'm going to follow up with you. And it's just like, oh man, okay. So I got to get this done. And so it's just your, your, again, commitment to excellence. That's always what jumps out to me. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I think I got that from my mom. Like my mom is that way. Like if you're going to do it, do it well. You know, and there's scripture about that as well that supports that, right? Mm-hmm. Do your best unto God, right? So pretty much, pretty and much. And that's always been my mindset. Even when I was the AV ministry, one of the things that I always stressed was that what we have to understand is any mistake that we make for someone who's watching virtually, it's interrupting their worship. Right? Mm-hmm. So we have to do, we have to be mindful. We have to do the best that we can do. It doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. But the mistakes you can avoid by just preparing, mm-hmm. that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Now, as an entrepreneur, as a fellow entrepreneur, um, I know there's challenges with time management. Um, and you seem, you know, since I worked with you, you seem that your structure is like above par. Uh, so I wanted to ask if you have... If you can share any challenges you have with time management and how you overcame it. Mm-hmm. I would say that I'm, I had challenges with time management during COVID, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I would say I was pretty structured. Mm-hmm. But during COVID, um, it sort of messed me up. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to find a way to get back to the structure. Because if I don't have the structure... Um, it leads me down this dark path, right? My mind starts wandering and wondering. So um, what I actually do is, and then my, you know, also my husband works from home now because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So that was also, I was used to being home alone, used to just going out to Starbucks to work if I wanted to. And now there's another body in the house. There's another energy in the house. I understand. Yeah. Right. So that also took some time to get used to. So what I intentionally did probably about four weeks ago to get myself back, because I wasn't even going to sleep until like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, which is crazy because I'm a morning person. Mm. So I force myself to go to bed earlier. I get up in the morning. I pray. I meditate. I write out my to-do list. Mm-hmm. Then I exercise. And then I get to work. I don't always accomplish everything on my list. Mm-hmm. And I've been learning how to forgive myself. Right. Because we have to have some grace. Right. With right. Ourselves. 
and look at my list and say, he's not that serious. Right. We can get that done tomorrow. So that's sort of my, my structure for getting things done. Mm-hmm. Was it the same uh, pre-COVID? It was, I wasn't getting up and praying and meditating. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, I was getting up in just enough time to either start working or if I had to go out for a meeting, mm-hmm. you know, to do that kind of thing. But I had to get back to the basics. Yeah. So, um, but there was always the structure, the list, right? I'm a list person. On my wall behind me is the big post-it note with the list, right? And I'm checking things off. So I've always been a list person. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this this um this whole pandemic, it forced me to get back to basics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find my morning time has to include the exercise, the, mm-hmm. the devotion, um, mm-hmm. the, the writing the list, what the to do is the, it's right. gotta, because without that, it just, it got a little crazy. Right. It did. It did. Um, share, share with our audience one thing on your bucket list. I don't know. I was thinking about that today. Like, I don't even know that I have an active bucket list. <laughs> But one of the things that I would love to do is some travel photography. Okay. So in 2017, we went to Europe and we went to Paris, Barcelona, and London. And, you know, I'm moving to Paris <laughs> for my retirement. Okay. I'm because not- I just fell in love with Paris. But I've been, you know, I also that year I went to Cuba. I mean, I did so much traveling. Um and I just love traveling and experiencing new places and, and new cultures. And I love capturing that um, as still photography. So that's one thing I would love to do. I would love to like just travel for like two, three months. Nice. I love Paris too. I hope we yeah. get a chance to go back there at some point in time. I know, I know. <laughs> so we'll see what's going on. Although now's probably the best time to go based on flight prices, but and nobody going nowhere. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, V, you know, I wrote this book, Be More Today, for the guide to a better version of you. And in the book, we talk about steps to greatness, um, things you want to stop doing, uh, start doing, and then a goal or three goals for your life. So what's one thing that you wanted or have already started to do this year for 2020? So one of the things that I wanted to do was uh, exercise more regularly. Um, and I wanted to... Stop beating myself up so much, um, you know, and stop overthinking. Um, you know, the I am a man. I am not a threat project is something that I believe God put in my head. And I think when you don't follow through, you know, he's supremely disappointed. And I'm tired of living my life out of fear. Right. Because that's only fear. It's only fear when you have these ideas because you don't know how something's going to turn out, what it's going to turn into. Maybe it turns into nothing, right? But the lessons that you learn from the process, right, are invaluable. So definitely want to just do it afraid, as Claudette Jackson would say, (laughs) and um, exercise regularly, um, which I actually need to do because I found out you know, about a few years ago that I have a thyroid condition. Um, and that's really difficult to, to exercise regularly because it drains my energy. 
So it's been, it's been hard. It's been a process, but you know, I'm committed to it. Yeah. 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 We always say on this show, we got to trust the process and just be persistent. So yeah, you're, you're resonating with us right now for real. Uh, What's one goal you had for 2020? My biggest goal for 2020 was the short film. Got it. Um, You know, to get it, to get it edited and then to have a screening, which, you know, I'm already super excited about. Um, And then I also wanted to, whatever projects came to mind, I wanted to just write them down. Um, And I just wanted to become probably more caring, um, more available for people. Um, because I have a very, very small circle. Um, so I wanted to, you know, just make myself more available to people, um, and become more caring, more empathetic as well. So. Awesome. 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 Um, any, any final tips that you want to share before, before we, before we wrap up? Um, I don't know if I have any final tips. Um, so I would say that the, when I lost my job unexpectedly, um, it was a very hard time. And, um, you know, thank goodness I have a husband who is um, completely supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, if I told him I wanted to be, you know, learn the flute tomorrow, he would say, okay, as long as you do it. Right. So no matter which direction I want to go in, he's there to support me. Not everyone has that. Right. So you have to be your own cheerleader. Right. You have to be your own support system. And when I lost my job and I didn't know what I wanted to do, um, it was a process to, you know, figure things out. But I really wasn't supposed to be in that job for as long as I was. Mm. And it was like it was so weird. It was like a dream. Um, I was driving into work and they had this big football field. And as I was driving past the football field, it was like in slow motion, literally in slow motion. And I'm like, Oh, something's about to happen. (laughs) And then a few weeks, few weeks later, you know, I lose my job. So I was given an option. You can either stay and be demoted or you can go. And I chose to leave, but that was just like the push that I needed. Mm. So my advice to people is I'm always telling people when they say to me that they're unhappy and they want to do this and they want to do that. I'm always trying to help them figure out a way to do it. I do not receive a steady check like I did when I was working in corporate America. Mm -hmm. And I've never been happier because I'm doing the thing that I want to do And I'm doing the things that I believe I was created to do. So I've never been happier. It doesn't mean that there aren't stressful moments, but you just keep pushing through. So my advice would be go after your dreams, do it afraid, and um, you'll figure it out. Nice. I love it. I love it. Um, Where can people find you? How can they connect with you? So um, my website is summershowerproductions.com. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You can find me on IG at Summer Shower Pro. 
or my personal IG, which is Vanessa Bleak. And you can find me on Twitter at Summer Shower. Nice. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Vanessa Blake, folks, filmmaker, visual artist, and founder of Summer Shower Productions. It's been awesome talking to you. Again, avid Nick fan, and uh, you inspired us today, and you've been such a staple for us to be more today. Uh, excited for the film, and thank you so much for being on the show with us. Thank you. Go Knicks. Go Knicks. <laughs> Don't forget our quotation for today, folks. Progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything by George Bernard Shaw. Have the hard conversations. Uh, use this time to connect with people. Make those phone calls. Check in with your friends. Uh, and let's let's get the conversation going. Let's change the narrative. Let's use this time to change the minds and the mindsets that have been ingrained in our country and our world for so, so long. Now is the time. Revolution is going to be on Facebook and on Instagram. It's happening right now. Uh, also on Instagram is us. Be more today. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook and IG. And of course, our website, bemoretoday.com for our music, our book, our podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube page for Be More Today workouts and other music-related activities. And for the Be More Today show, which is found on all platforms, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and CastBox. We also have a contribution page. Do you want to give us any contributions at all to continue our uh, movement for the Be More Today show? Uh, we greatly appreciate it. And if you want to send us any thoughts about the show in general or people that you want to see on the show, you can email us at Be More Today. That's Be More Number Two Day dot com to be a part of our our listserv. Terrence, tell them about your Words for Life Volume Three project. Yes, the Words for Life Volume Three project is uh it's going to be released. July 9th. Now, pre-orders have already begun. Um, Google Play, I know, is active with the pre-orders. Um, iTunes on Apple, um, it's it's there as well. I had a hard time once or twice, but it's there. Um, but it's a it's a project of Christian perspectives with uh, hip hop inspired beats behind it it's a it's a beautiful thing it, it'll bless your soul if you want to know what it's about or what it sounds like volume two is online so you can listen to that you can stream that uh the artist is be more today all awesome. three words spelled out awesome folks go out there and support black businesses we're all our entrepreneurs trying to go out there and do our thing so get out there and support 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 terrence excited for the project and great show as always, sir. Thank you for joining me today. No problem. I enjoyed myself. As always, folks, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life and continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. Peace. I'm going to be a better version of me.